This is KP. And this is Kai. And this is You Had Me at Fraud. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker, commenter, expert, or host. They do not explicitly or necessarily reflect nor represent the podcaster's policies or views held by this podcast. The podcast or its channels cannot be held accountable for all or any views expressed on this podcast. And as always, listeners' discretion is advised. Hey y'all, hey. Hey y'all, hey. We back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's been a while. It's been a while. Our first episode of 2024. And we got some more. Because I'm going to always come with something to say. We got whole new scammers. Whole new shammers. And a we whole just ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm just ready. I'm both, I was ready for 2024. How about you? Eh. I was ready. I mean, last year wasn't that bad for me. The years before that was. It was like, oh my God. I think I by I think I think by last over. year I was just numb to everything. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. But I'm happy we're in twenty twenty four. A whole new like that okay but you know who did we're not carrying that into 2024 though i just said a whole new world we're not bringing that singing into 2024 because <laughs> you ain't got it because i ain't giving it but you're gonna get this song <laughs> mm. well y'all Less than one into our uh, episode. We are on episode 76 this week. Fareed Fada. But first, we have some news. And the news is the Chrisleys. The state of Georgia will have to pay Todd and Julie Chrisley. Why do I always say Christie's? Chrisley. One million over alleged misconduct while investigating them for tax evasion. Yeah, that is crazy. Because I would honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would like give my motherfucking money so I can get the fuck about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was already complaining about rats and roaches being up in the uh, jail. He in oh the jail. He wasn't thinking about those rats and roaches when he was committing that fraud, though, and up there with his love on there, was he? He was up there thinking about <laughs> booty and gold. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> but, yeah, so basically, they're saying that uh, there was some misconduct in that trial because in order to find out, you know, the information that they had on the Chrisleys, they had to rely on an outside source. And to, in order to rely on the outside source, they, they were basically um, giving them their personal information. And they ain't like that. So 
They, they got that they, lawyer, and that lawyer was they able had to give them. <laughs> they probably did think they had to. Mm-hmm. So you know that like, was. I don't want to get arrested. I don't got nothing to do with this. Right. What's your what information what you need to prove my innocence? Right. <laughs> we got it all. <laughs> Just give me a. What do they always give people in the interrogation room? A cigarette and a Pepsi, some <laughs> 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 McDonald's. <laughs> they always I got need a cigarette. coffee and a Pepsi. I mean, <laughs> coffee and a cigarette. Right before they tell everybody everything. <laughs> Now this is what it is. This is what it is. I'm gonna need immunity. You gotta say what the bottom. You gotta say what the bottom ass. I'm gonna need immunity. <laughs> and I'm gonna need uh, secret protective. What do you call it? Uh, like I with protective. Uh, what do you call that? Y'all know what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in the. Uh, take me out. Take me out. Put me in the. Um, what do you call that? Protective service. Why do we keep on say service learning now? <laughs> Secret service? No. no. Uh, protective custody. We're going to say, say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank we'll be you in protective custody. <laughs> I ain't trying to have this come back and bite me. Mm-mm. Then we're probably so I give you everything you need plus a made-up story. What right. You want? What you want? Okay, so that was the news for today. So the Chrisleys, I guess they're gonna come out of one million dollars richer after they scams all that money from people. But um That's crazy. <laughs> Look at it's like it's like, the system. it's like the law helped them. <laughs> right. The law helped them get more, get money. more money. What a mess. What an oxymoron. Exactly. <laughs> okay, trigger warning about today's episode. It is a tough one. It does mention um some very inhumane acts, I would say. So brace yourselves. If it's something that you know you're a little sensitive to stuff dealing with um, mistreatment to patients, you might want to skip this episode. But we're on for a ride here. So episode seventy six. This episode is about Farid Fata. Now, Farid Fata was born on March 1965 in Lebanon to a Catholic family. Family. <laughs> in 1992, Farad, I said Farad, Farid obtained his medical degree and immigrated to the United States to begin his career in the medical field. And once in the United States, he landed in Brooklyn, New York. He said, I'm going to settle out in Brooklyn, you know, do my thing. There he began his residency at Marmonade's Medical Center. He then went on to serve a fellowship at Manhattan, sorry, in Manhattan for hematology oncology. And in case y'all don't know what that is, that is the study of cancer treatment prevention and diagnosis. And he did that at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And he did that up until 1999. And he went on to work as a doctor between the years 2000 through 2003 at the Geisinger Medical Center in Dansville, Pennsylvania. 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 Hmm. (laughs) Well, all right. Now, about the time I was graduating from high school, because this is around 2003. B.C. Okay. I'm about to go tell you to go over there, sit in the corner. Try me again. (laughs) 
可以骂吗？我们骂不会做。Lunell Rao, 2003, Reed branched out on his own and started his own hematology oncology practice in Rochester, Michigan. I was going to say Rochester, New York. Isn't I know there is a Rochester, That's New also, York. Yeah, but this was in Rochester, Michigan. Yes. Which over a decade branched off into several locations all over Detroit. By 2009, now by that time my son was, my oldest was about two. In 2009, <laughs> Farid was now a U.S. permanent citizen. During his practice at Farid, mainly specialized services was treating well what he specialized in was treating blood cancer yes that's like leukemia right yeah leukemia is a blood cancer yeah so over the course of his career he treated over seventeen thousand patients wait a minute now yeah from 2000 from from 2000 to 2003 no over the course of his whole career so oh okay yeah who that made my stomach hurt for a second <laughs> <laughs> He owned his own labs, laboratories, and even pharmacy. And not only that, he owned his own radiation treatment center as well. And I feel like I want to go back to this later because I wonder if that helped him commit his scam because everything was in-house. Like, he right. wasn't going to outside was sources. Multiple. Yeah, so he didn't have... Right. I was just thinking that, too. Yeah. That's probably how he was able to do that. Right, because he didn't have to go call a pharmacy because he already had one. He had to go out to a laboratory because there's one right on site. So, hmm. Something to think about. Now, over time... He gained the reputation as one of the best cancer specialists in Detroit, known for his aggressive treatments. That actually sounds kind of scary. Now, he gives his patients higher doses of chemo and radiation and often frequent. Now, this was called, you know, I guess they have this medical jargon. They call this the European protocol. I guess they're known to do stuff really aggressive. He didn't work alone, though. Guess who was by his side? Was it his wife? You. <laughs> <laughs> it was his wife. So his wife, Samara, was by his side helping to run his businesses as the chief executive officer and financial officer of his company. So he was keep not only keeping his business right, like he even got the books in house too. Yep, the all the hmm. money is coming. I do say like if you if you do have like a business like let it be in with like within the family like mm-hmm. and like because you have a better chance at grow, growing. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. being able to keep the money, but the, the way this man was doing stuff was fucked up. But we're gonna get yeah. to it. <laughs> so in two thousand seven, when my oldest was born. And when I graduated. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> now ain't you. <laughs> so around 2007, his empire came crumbling down when a patient named Maggie Dorsey sued Farid for medical malpractice. In 2004, Maggie had been diagnosed with cancer and spent over seven months on, on chemo. So, so much so that she 
could barely stand and walk. Like oh these were like it was a like they said aggressive treatments that he gave. Mm-hmm. Later, after getting a second opinion, she learned that she never had cancer, y'all. Mm. So he's giving her these aggressive treatments for chemo, and that's and she never had and cancer. That already makes you really weak. That makes me. And now, because he was doing it so aggressive, that's probably why she couldn't stand and walk. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if the aggressive treatments must have cost more. Paid him more. Oh, yeah, because there's more chemo going mm-hmm. out, so that's more money. That's crazy. On 2009, the lawsuit was settled out of court. I would not have settled that mm-hmm. out of court. I'm like, those, the, nope, nope, you need I to go in jail. I want to press charges, too. I want to press charges, too. I Your want Honor. Lilo and him to come from around the back <laughs> and take your legs out. I can barely stand. No, then you he ain't gonna be rolling. Then, no, then he gonna be rolling into the office. No, he'll still find a way. He I don't gonna... care. He, but you ain't gonna be walking. If I can barely no, stand. No, put him on a chemo machine. Cause he wanna. <laughs> yeah, she said we gonna take it there. <laughs> Damn. That's the Libra in Yanit. <laughs> so. So they handled it out of court. So Farad again raised red flags when. A veteran nurse came to Fareed's practice for an interview. As she did a walk around, she noticed patients were being pumped with chemo and spent hour-long sessions that would normally be much shorter. I don't see. That's the thing too. Like I'm thinking, like okay, if it's aggressive, mm-hmm. does it necessarily mean that? It, it it must not. I mean, I don't know how it works, Me but either. I'm wondering if like aggressive just means like the dosage is higher, or does that mean that the sessions are longer? But it like must if she just mean doses is higher right. because if it's long, if it was longer, she would have been like mm. well, maybe both. But if it's, I guess maybe all of them were higher doses and long for longer time. Maybe that's the aggressive part. This man is crazy. So. Mm. Mm. She noticed that the you know the sessions was um longer than they should be, which would allow him to prescribe higher dosages and more drugs. Mm. She speculated that he was billing the patients and the insurance companies for more money, like we was just saying. Mm-hmm. She went to the state and complained about Mr. Dr. Fareed. And didn't get Bata. a response, <laughs> mm-hmm. sir. What's your middle name? <laughs> and didn't get a response back until a whole entire year later. Why do they do that? Right. I get so upset. That's just like with the other case with the trachea, mm-hmm. where they kept trying to report the doctor. Yeah, they kept saying there's no, no finding. Yeah. And you to know cover what, their butts. You know what's funny is let it be something small. They be on your butt. Mm-hmm. But for something like this, oh, it drags on and. That's crazy. Crazy. It is crazy. But the response back from the Michigan um, Department of Licensing and Affairs and Bureau of Health said there were no evidence of fraud going on for them to do what? To investigate. Mm. Craziness. Mm. Well, y'all... In 2013, a woman named Monica Flagg was diagnosed with 
multiple myeloma, and that is a type of blood cancer, a condition that will require her to have a lifetime of chemotherapy. Hours after her first run of chemo, she broke her leg in two spots. She mm. going through it. Cause I wonder if she thing. was on. I wonder if she like. Cause um. Did did I say it in here? Yeah, moments after. Cause it happened right after. Pretty much, she got out of the office from her first round of chemo. So I wonder if like she just fell or something like in a parking lot or or something like that. Cause that's crazy. There's a lot going on. She going through it. But now, Fareed, he was out of the country at this time. So a doctor at the practice noticed while doing her vitals that Monica's levels were like of a normal person and not that of someone that would be on that would have cancer. So it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. Your white platelets would be very Mm -hmm. high. Now, it wasn't even that. Just that, a simple look at her chart, and you could tell her readings were normal according to the doctor. So they just looked at her chart and could tell. They didn't even have to look hard. Now, I wonder if they do, like before they do like the chemo and everything like that, if they mm-hmm. run the blood test again, just to make sure, you like just to test your levels. Because, mm-hmm. wait, I mean, I know this was back in what, 2013, but like, you can get your blood drawn and they can do your CB, like your platelet counts, mm-hmm. like and you'll have them right there. It does not take long to get your blood count mm-hmm. for your white platelets. So I wonder if they could have done something like that because mm-hmm. that's so weird. That's so weird that they would just go ahead and well, obviously it's so weird that yeah, that's very weird. That okay, yeah, the doctor is saying to do this, mm-hmm. but even as a nurse, wouldn't you still look at the the blood count and know that if it's over what six hundred some odd, six hundred some odd? I remember that if it's very high, it's not like six hundred, but let's say like if it's like seven hundred mm-hmm. or something, maybe eight. That okay, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't a nurse like look at that look and be at like, and see, like, oh, something, maybe that's what this is. Maybe that's did, why though. that, yeah. I wonder what happened with the other, that's what happened to the other nurses because obviously the other nurse that complained wasn't mm-hmm. going to stay there. Right. What about the other nurses? Well, just because your boss is saying to do it, don't mean it ain't right, especially right. if it's hurting people. Right. Now, y'all. Now, the next, now next, the nurse went to the practice and reviewed her records. And this is Monica Flagstill, the one that broke her leg in two spots. He looked at her records and there was nothing in her chart to suggest a regimen of chemo. Now, he stated that with this kind of cancer, she would have had that she would have had that if she ran into a dishonest doctor <coughs> Fareed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, it would be enough 
change in her blood chemistry that they suggest chemo to avoid detection. So basically, he's saying that. So he's saying, oh, it looks like it's the treatment's working. Mm-hmm. When really, she ain't even have it at all. So he and could, that's so sad because imagine, yeah. imagine you're told that you're dying, mm-hmm. right? And oh this doctor God. is the I one that's helping it. you. You know, I'll probably be one of those people that be like, okay, I'll do anything you tell me to, you know, be able to survive. Right, because you're already in a vulnerable situation. Mm-hmm. They know everything about this. And you're trusting them with your life. So I understand that, too. So the nurse also stated that if another doctor had seen her, she would appear to be in remission. Because he already said she had cancer, so. It's terrible. Yeah. He just thought they were lying. Now, if he didn't detect this, Farid would have continued to collect money from the insurance company for the rest of his life. Mm. Because remember, she had one that was lifelong. She would have been on a lifelong thing of chemo. Now, the doctor told Monica she did not have cancer and to obtain her records and get another doctor right away. And told her never to seek treatment for Farid again. Mm. The nurse said, run. Don't walk. Now, the doctor who caught all this was so Monglay. Monglay? I said it right, yeah. Monglay. He had already been set to leave Fata's practice. After catching him lying about his practice enrollment, practicing in professional quality program, he felt he had he felt he needed to stop Fatah or Fatah's Farid, um, especially knowing he was giving patients chemo when they didn't need it, and in a lot of cases didn't even have cancer. He knew he needed evidence and searched any of the social practice records and uh, found a lot of insurances found a lot of instances (laughs) that were unethical and even illegal and fatal one of the instances or in one instance he was treating patients with a drug that was used with people Mm. with certain immune deficiencies but the patient had the patients had none. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, he's doing the same and, thing with his chemo stuff. And to think, like, what if those patients, like, what if you had a certain amount, and those patients couldn't get it because he giving it to people that don't even need it? That's true. That's sad. Because you know, some some places they only allow a certain amount of doses of certain medicines. That's crazy. This is one of those things where it feels it's like it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it I doesn't feel like even, a lot of people overlook. Yeah, because it's like, okay, you're hurting the direct person, you're hurting another person that may need the medicine but they can't get get it. Mm-hmm. Then you're hurting that person's family member because that person is in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're hurting the other person's family members because they think they're in that situation and the medication is killing them because they don't need it. It's just, it's just a, it's like a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But doc, uh, Dr. Mongley persuaded a nurse and, pract- uh, and practitioner to confront 
Fareed about the claims. Fareed agreed to stop using the drugs. Which well, means he that as in like, like not like he's using them, but like right. as in like prescribing them. Yeah. Which was all the proof he needed that fraud was that fraud was going on in this in his practice. Right. Because if he already agreed to stop using that, I mean you knew you was using it. I was like, call the police and take them off. Call the that, look, Chris Hansen's coming on right from around the corner. <laughs> this is Crime Watch Daily, and we're here. <laughs> put him, put him in there. Take that. Put him in there with the crazy cuffs. Wrap it around with the mold and wrap. <laughs> Take them cuffs. Wrap it around. Did he get arrested? Oh, the guy that used to do um. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I now. call you Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I call you Chris Hansen. <laughs> Okay, so a few weeks later, the FBI stepped in, thank God, because they received a tip by an office manager at Fareed's practice. Now, the manager's name was Karadeshish. He had (laughs) grown suspicious after other nurses and doctors at the practice were leaving without explanation and giving a notice, without giving a notice to leave, basically. They said, I'm out. We out. Now, when Curtis asked that Dr. Saul, which is the doctor that initially found out all this stuff, why he was leaving, he told him that Fareed kept insisting on aggressive chemo and radiation practices, even when patients did not need it. And he then recalled times where many nurses had expressed concern as well. And after conducting his own investigation, and I'm talking about Karadasis, he found out that, remember that drug that Fareed said he was going to stop using? Mm. Well, that drug, y'all, was called IVID. Well, he continued to use that drug on patients and found out that nearly 38 out of the 40 patients that he had treated with that didn't even need it. So only three people needed it. Only three people needed it. And he treated 38. This is crazy. Crazy. Now, Carrie then took his finance to the Detroit FBI unit and sued Fata in his practice under the Fraud Claims Act. He was entitled to a huge financial reward. Now, Fata was then arrested the next day for health care fraud. Now, we're going to get back to Carrie case. Because that does come back up. And we'll see if he did or didn't get rewarded. Hmm. Well, Fata was held on a $170,000 bond. But after finding that Fata and his wife had assets over $9 million. Mm. They upped his bond to $9 million. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh since you want to play, we were going to lowball you, but now, now this, we found out y'all was over there stealing millions. Here you go. Hmm. So $9 million bond mm-hmm. and labeled him a risk flight, which allowed him <laughs> to... <laughs> flight risk. <laughs> A risk flight? Either way, <laughs> they knew he was going to take that risk and leave it. <laughs> Which allowed him to, you know, remain in jail. This is this is where this is where you live at. Mm-hmm. So federal investigations 
found that Fata had built, bullied. bullied and lied to. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's so sad, y'all. He was bullying and lying to over five hundred fifty-three patients into getting chemotherapy treatment they didn't need, causing patients, insurance companies, and Medicare to pay over thirty-four million in fraudulent claims. It was also uncovered that Fata took kickbacks from two local hospice, oh God, mm. two local hospice and um, poured um, proceeds proceeds into his own practices and labeled. Oh, sorry, in, <laughs> it's <okay>. pra- <laughs> also uncovered that. Fata took kickbacks from two local hospice and poured proceeds into his own practices and labs where he ordered unnecessary tests. Mm. The U.S. attorney found 23 counts in his indictments uh, charging him with health care fraud. Sorry, conspiracy to... Oh, conspiracy. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> conspiracy to take and receive kickbacks money laundering and unlawful procuring procuring what's procuring and naturalization the last charge was because they found out that Fata tried to conceal his fraud from immigration personnel when he applied for his citizenship to the United States, Fata would be facing 175 years in citizenship revoked. So yeah, so, so that's what procuring and naturalization is. You basically hiding a crime or lying about something in order to get, you know, because of course if he would have, if he would have said, oh, I have a, was committing medical fraud they wouldn't have gave him citizenship so i'm wondering when they said that he was bullying well we know he lied but i'm wondering if when they say he was bullying like if somebody like if people said they were going to get a a second um opinion opinion, Mm -hmm. if he was like don't do this this is like like the remission thing however what if he was like oh you don't want to die do you want to die well you got something like that something like that which is very insensitive, and somebody going through that, they probably gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I must really need it." That's scary. That's very scary. I think we need to lay off these fraud uh, doctor stories for just a little bit because I'm probably gonna be like, "I don't believe nothing my doctor <laughs> One thing I will say is always get a second opinion. Always get a second opinion. I'm gonna get a fourth. I'll, I'll get a fifth. Shoot. I'll be up to the doctor every single day. Do I still got Tim, it? Tim, you know me. <laughs> Do I still got it? I went to three different doctors. They were like, you're fine. <laughs> I, was like, I feel like I'm dying. No, no, no. Now, y'all, Farid didn't want to be deported or spend the rest of his life in prison, so he pled guilty. Before federal judge Paul Borman on September the 20th of 2014, he pled guilty to 13 counts of health care fraud, one count of conspiracy to pay and receive kickbacks, and two counts of money laundering. 
Now, in return, his immigration charges were dropped, which is crazy. Because what charges were immigration. dropped? Immigration. That I'm saying? That's crazy. And I feel like people, all these people. people got deported for less. And yeah. he did. He could have killed almost 550-some uh, people. And probably killed close to it. Mm. But wow. state's attorney, y'all, still tried to seek the maximum of 175-year sentence. Now, her office even called his case the most egregious fraudster in history of this country, saying his crimes were more egregious than Bernie Madoff, which we did cover, y'all. That was a sad story. Yeah. So his sentence began, his sentencing began on July the 3rd of 2015. Now, dozens of his victims took the stand, which, girl, I would have been wearing (laughs) I would have been, been one of them relatives that j- try to jump and attack him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, y'all, one of his victims on the stand was Robert Summeray, who explained to the court that he lost all his teeth as a result of Fareed's falsely diagnosing him with blood cancer and still twitches uncontrollably to this day. Another victim, Patty Hester, lost all of her hair after her being falsely diagnosed with, give me a second here, myeloplastic syndrome, which is a cancer of the bone. She says she even got high blood pressure due to over 177 Mm. chemotherapy sessions and also gained problems with her bowels and kidneys and could no longer perform basic tasks. Yeah, I'm, I would have been running relatives. I would have attacked them. We going to jail together, mm-hmm. hand in hand. Yep. You get these 175 years one because way or they, Because they don't <laughs> have the strength to to to, to attack you. Mm. I do. We going to go to jail hand in hand every day and make sure we hold hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> every day. You going you to pretend like you're a man. I'm a man. Now. I'm a man. You get into the woman. <laughs> I'm in the man's penitentiary. Look, it don't even matter. It don't even matter. I just identified the man. Look, that's right. No, it's not even that. Because if I ain't made, if I'm not able to beat your ass, I'm sure enough gonna beat your wife. I don't care if she know or not. I'm not. Somebody right. getting it. Oh, you about to find out. <laughs> but on July 10th, 2015, Fata addressed the court, saying he was horribly ashamed of his behavior and admitting that he did these horrible things because of his hunger for power and wealth. Mm. The judge mm. was unmoved. The sentence um, for Fata, he sentenced Fata to 45 years. They mm. didn't throw him into jail. This yes. was deemed insufficient by his victims which is only yeah, 45 it, years when they was trying to get 175 for 553 victims that's crazy mm. remember that nurse that um office manager that sued fata in his practice he ended up being rewarded was that a, the nurse was that was that a woman or was that was a doctor that was a, a man so the doctor was the first guy who found out all the stuff. The office manager 
was the second guy who sued. Remember okay. He was the one I, know like, was, I know there was a nurse that handled it outside, settled it outside. I thought there was a female. So the soul. No, not him. The one before that. The one that she, she, um, she handled it out of court or something like that. No. Oh, so it was three of them, I think. Yeah. It was three of them. So one of them, yeah. Okay. So one of them ended up um, getting That's the, the last one. The last so, one. So the doctor. The one that was suspicious. The one was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. When he was on vacation or out of the, wherever, ever out of the country or whatever, right? It was the last guy. Remember, everybody was leaving the office. He was like, what's going on? So he uh, wasn't okay. even, it was the office manager. Okay. He wasn't even a nurse or a doctor. Okay, so he, he ended was up the one getting the $1.7 right. all, all he did was be nosy and found out and was like, oh, I'm suing. And guess, and guess <laughs> where Mr. Fatai is currently? Curled up, nice and tucked in federal facility in Williamsburg, South Carolina. South Kagalaki. <laughs> <laughs> So his earliest possible release will be at the age of 86 in December, December 11th, 2051. Mm-mm. He shouldn't even be allowed to get. Why did he, he might not even live that long? He in prison. They, I mean, well, why did he give life? That's I don't attempted know. murder of over 553 people. How many? How many of his uh, patients passed away? I just that's I, that's something I was I'm thinking not too. too. Sure. I'm I'm really not too sure. Oh, he tried to get an appeal because he's a but nut. Some of them did pass away, and I'm going to share the pictures pictures on our Instagram. If you follow us on Instagram, is you had me at fraud is our handle, and I will post all the pictures of of the people with you know they protested. They were outside of the courtroom with their family uh, pictures. Uh, the ones that passed away. Um, they were out there with their. I'm gonna post the the people protested outside of the um, courthouse because a lot of people protested. They had his uh, name on the poster boards and everything, saying "Give him more years." There wasn't a lot, enough time because they was mad that he only got 45 years. He so, might not honestly. He might not even live to be 86 in the prison. He might not. He might not. Because I'm not saying it's all people, but it seems like a, a lot of people end up going in there mm-hmm. that's in there for a long time and they end up dying from some type of like cancer or some type of something. Or, but it's, Wouldn't that be ironic if he ended up passing away from cancer? Look at Cleo. I ain't said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to get an appeal uh, stating that he had inadequate illegal... I'm sorry, legal counsel. Yeah. Inadequate illegal counsel. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Whew. Legal counsel in two, uh, 2018. And he said he was always um, maintained his innocence. Hold up, but he said that yeah. he... Mm. Hold up. This man yeah. is crazy. He said that he did it and he said he said that it's not like the legal counsel was saying, say this. He probably no, changed you his mind once that. he found out he got old. Yeah, he said, like, oh, I'm going to be 86 years old. You better be glad it wasn't 176, four years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know he ain't going to make it because wait until y'all, she, y'all probably saw the pictures on Instagram if you follow us on Instagram. Wait until you see this man because I've said 
That man already looked like he's 86 years old. <laughs> I don't think he looked 86, but... <laughs> he looked 86 to me. He, um, stressed. Like that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't care. That dog, like, somebody come get her. But Fata's wife... <laughs> who authorized? Sorry, who authorities believe to be a party in the fraud was able to move back to Lebanon and divorce Fatah. No, bring her back to the end. No, bring her back. <laughs> she escaped. She was a wasn't she the financial person? And taking care of all the stuff. Now I wonder she if she, I wonder if she had any education, like in no. medicine. Because honestly, if she didn't have no education in medicine and not know how to read blood count, and honestly, she's not allowed to look at um result like the results and stuff like that, or the counts and stuff. So she might she may have not known, but we know who did know. Fareed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still say lock her up too. She was benefiting. Guilty by association. She was handling the book. She knew what money was coming in there. Yeah, but she might not know the, the truth. You never know. Because a lot of people don't know like if their blood, if their plate platelets is over a certain amount or under a certain amount, that's that means something serious is going on. But yeah, y'all, I do want to say one thing. This kind of don't have nothing to do with. Uh, We're working on staying on topic this year. With. uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know who watches out there, but I know I do. So y'all don't watch The Real Housewives. So Housewives of Potomac, the last reunion was epic. And then I heard that Jen Shaw was trying to call people out from jail. That's all I wanted to say. Because how you how you still trying to keep up with the show when you knew you was out there scamming the elderly? And we covered her show as well. Mm-hmm. Then Shaw. She didn't like it when she didn't like it when she found out that one of her, the people that worked for her is on the show and actually had her set up to get caught. Because mm. she was like. I don't care. She's basically said, basically said, I don't care if y'all think this was wrong that I set her up to get caught. What's more wrong? Helping somebody get caught that is committing fraud against the elderly or somebody is committing fraud against the elderly. I was like, girl, I like you. <laughs> you better come back next season or, or have your own show. Or have your own show going on. Because that was scandalous. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> that was related a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But thank y'all so much for tuning in to yet another year, another episode. And we look forward to, you know. We we try to stay consistent, but, you know, holidays come up and then life happens. Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's somebody's sick. Sometimes the kids got to go into the hospital because something's just crazy just happening. You're like, yeah. where did the that come from? 2024. I mean, 2023 was very uh, <laughs> dramatic. Dramatic, and we did have this episode. Well, we thought we had this episode. We were going to release this episode as our last episode of 2023. But what happened was we were we we did the whole story. We did the whole 
we recorded the whole thing. But somebody missed and the I button. And I put that lightly because uh, <laughs> I remember pressing the button. It's the first thing I did to record. And it, 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 when I pressed to go stop it at the end, it was nothing to stop. So, yeah, we had recorded the whole episode. And, and I'm sitting there looking at Kim. Like, I, no, 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 I know she's joking. I, I was I was in shock. I was in disbelief. I was in dismay because I really wanted to end this, use this story to end off 2023. But I guess we started it off with a bang. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I we're gonna have some more bangs coming up because we got some good episodes coming up for y'all. And I hope y'all stay tuned to our podcast and make sure y'all subscribe and leave. Uh, reviews for us. Leave them five star reviews for us, y'all. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and we will speak to y'all next year. Don't forget. I mean, to- not said next year. Next episode. What's going on? And don't forget to follow us. Yeah. Listen to us. We're on all podcast streams. Platforms. Platforms. Yeah. Y'all know I'm the old one, so I. However I say is how I say. It. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back with episode 77 next week and this girl was trying to live in heaven y'all i can't wait all right y'all have a good night bye-bye Bye.